Welcome to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato and my colleague, Mary Gamba. We kick off our conversation today with Carissa DeSantis, who's principal in Newark Vocational High School. Uh, this is part of our Stand and Deliver Powering Equity and Social Justice series, promoting youth leadership, particularly in our urban communities, and also part of our series on urban matters. Chris, it's so good to see you. Hi, likewise. Thank you for the invite. You got it. Chris, tell everyone what um, Newark Vocational High School is because it has a great reputation. So Newark Vocational High School is a very unique school in Newark, New Jersey. Um, we have the option of three different pathways for our students. Our students get to choose between a four-year program in culinary arts or hospitality and tourism or graphic design. Mm. Chris, again, I said that this is part of our, our series on powering equity and social justice, Stand and Deliver. We, Mary, uh, has run our Stand and Deliver Youth Leadership Program for years. The Newark Public Schools have taken it now and making a difference in teaching and promoting and coaching youth leadership and communication. At your school and in other high schools, but primarily your school, where is the place for youth development in terms of leadership and communication? So the really unique part of the school is obviously the pathways, as I've mentioned. Um, our students have an opportunity to participate in something called FCCLA. FCCLA is Family, Career, Community, and Leaders of America. It's competitions that occur across the state of New Jersey in hospitality and, and tourism, graphic design, and culinary arts. So that's one of the leadership opportunities that our students have. We actually just participated in the fall conference and our students took home eight separate medals. So we're, we're very excited about that. And those are, again, Mary, uh, we're talking and Stand and Deliver for years, our, our leadership development operation for youth leaders, particularly in Newark. It, it has been so extraordinary for us to see young people. We started, Mary, 20 years ago? Yeah, more than that, about 20, 22 years ago, actually. So think about that. Right when we, I started. So you say you had a 15 or 16-year-old who we were coaching and teaching to present and communicate as a youth leader. That person's in their mid-30s or beyond. Mary, pick it up from there. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of those youth leaders, and I say a lot, and I mean that, I would say about a quarter of our workshop leaders and mentors in the program came back after participating in our communication and leadership youth uh, program. So that was super exciting. So Carissa, talk to us a little bit about youth advocacy, right? You were just talking about all the students and the different tracks and just preparing them for the world. How do we really impart the youth advocacy, letting them know that they are leaders in Newark and in our communities throughout uh, the state. So I, I think for me, the, the leadership piece means, you know, really becoming aware of, of who you are and, and where you want to go. Before Newark Vocational, I was an elementary principal uh, who also had eighth graders in the school. And I would meet with the eighth graders in the beginning of the year and talk to them about how this year is really important, not just because you're the leaders in the school with the ex expectation of, you know, modeling your behavior, but because you're about to make a really important decision. In Newark, our students have the ability to choose where they go to high school. And part of that to me as a principal, it's my job to make sure that they're exposed to as much as possible. So we would talk to the students about making sure to do their homework, research, which high schools would you like to go to? Why would you like to go there? And now as a high school principal, I, 
I talk to potential incoming ninth graders about just the fact that they're taking ownership now of their education as they're considering where to apply. We have open houses where we present them with the information on our school, but I talk to them about not just freshman year of high school. I say, you have to think four years along the line, right? Think, think about freshman year of college. You don't just wanna think about where you wanna go next year because you're going to spend four years there. So in our school in particular, opportunities here include potential for dual enrollment credits with colleges aligned with our pathways, we have opportunities for work-based learning, internships, job shadowing. So we expose them to as much as possible so that they understand what they could possibly getting themselves into. But we also have students in our school presenting to them as well. So empowering our student council to be part of the presentation with our open houses and having the students talk to potential students just about you know what's great about the school, why you should come here, the benefits of the school. So it's nice when we hear potential incoming students hearing from students that are actually in the building with us. Chris, let me, let me follow up on something. Be, because it seems to me that teaching, promoting leadership, which is again, again involves communication skills as well, is difficult for any 15, 16 year old. But in an urban community, there are a whole range of challenges that we've talked about before. That's why Urban Matters focuses so much on youth development. That's why Stand and Delivering, Powering Equity and Social Justice is, is an important part of our programming. Here's the question. To what degree do you believe it's harder for a young person, a teenager in a city like Newark, it could be anywhere in New Jersey or anywhere on the East Coast, anywhere in the country, an urban young person, teenager, to develop the leadership skills that that young person needs to be a success? How much more difficult is it? Or am I just on the wrong track here? Honestly, Steve, I think kids are kids. And you I think the level of support... Any just I think that every no matter where you go, you're going to have challenges. Right. And what matters is the supports around you. And so when you think about social justice and you think about having any child reach their fullest, fullest potential, being a teenager is tough. Being in high school is tough. But the people who are around you, the leaders in the school, the teachers that serve you, the school counselors that you work with, I think it's their job to have a full understanding of the real scope of the community, of course you know, the scope of just the students on more of a personal level. This way we can really get to the root of what are the barriers, figure out what are the barriers and how do we work together to break them down? Because there are different challenges everywhere. But challenges you expect albeit, nothing less. But I'm sorry for interrupting. You expect nothing less or nothing different from a 15 or 16 year old in Newark in terms of what their leadership potential is. You expect nothing in a different, nothing different. No, absolutely not. They, they, all, they all deserve to and are capable of reaching the same potential as anyone else. Mary? Yeah, definitely. Carissa, can you talk a little bit about servant leadership? A lot of what we talked about throughout the Stand and Deliver program was be the change. Be the How change. Be the change. And <laughs> it, it was so funny. We, we came up, well, we didn't come up with that, obviously. Dr. Martin Luther King came up with that so many years ago. But about 10, 12 years ago, we let that be the theme of the program. Talk about what that means for these young adults, it, you know, that you see as they're growing, they're evolving. How are you instilling in them that desire and interest to change and be change agents in the world around them while serving others? I think before you can change, you have to know your strengths and your shortcomings. And I think that that's where um, you have to be really intentional about communicating with the students. I can tell you that coming in as the new principal of this building, I meet with the students on a weekly basis. I'm sorry. 
I don't know. You're listen. That's okay. <laughs> I, I think I just said PTSD though. Oh my gosh, Carissa. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be late to class. <laughs> do me a favor uh, to Elvin Scarlin. Uh, Frank, look up Be the Change. I'm going to make sure we have the exact reference as to who brought it up. It may have been Dr. King. Um, I'm not sure who it was exactly, but I want to make sure we get that right. We're doing this all in real time, you could tell. School bells are going off. Kids are moving through the hallway. And, and <laughs> it's going to go off again. So, <laughs> hey, Chris, okay. talk about leadership in the face of lots of things going on. That's what you deal with every day. So leadership in the face of, okay, um, it's a lot of prioritizing, right? You know, you can have a couple of things coming at you at, at, at one time. You know, safety is always first, of course. Um, but then really looking at what am I needed for or what do people just want me for is, is really something um, as far as leadership goes. Do I, do I need to give an answer here? Has there been some problem solving that was done before they came to me? Or they, do they just want to talk? at this point. So um, mm -hmm. leadership is also developing leaders, and that is the students as well as the staff. What, regardless of the role, everybody has leadership capacities and leadership responsibilities. And I do talk to the students about that. You're a leader the moment you walk out of your house, right? You might walk into school and someone might be looking at you and be, you know, wow, I don't know that person, but I really like something about them. So people are always watching. Is is my point, right? So you don't know that you really are a leader. People might be emulating right. things that you do because of the way you carry yourself, because of the way that you speak, because of the way that you look. So you have a responsibility to be on your A-game all the time, no matter who's watching. And that's the staff, that's the students, that's myself. Um, but it, it really isn't just about the title. And to me, that's very important. It's about the people, not the title. Well said. Hey, Mary, one of the things about leadership you and I have learned- it Is admitting when you're wrong and you made no, a mistake. No, no, just, oh, Mary, what's, what's, what's one of my favorite leadership books? It is Extreme Ownership. And I am going to own the fact that it was not the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King. It was Mahatma Gandhi, correct? Mahatma Gandhi. So I do apologize. You said be the change. And I should know that. We had that at the top of our invitation for like 12 years. So Mary, I do apologize. I did not want to correct you on the air because it would have created some less than the kind of team building we want. But I knew we had to just clarify that. It was, I love that. No, I seek clarification Gandhi. and I am very receptive to receiving feedback. So thank you for that, Steve. You're modeling good behavior, Steve. So, so thank you. I know. Mary is. Hey, listen, uh, Chris, I want to thank you so much for joining us. To you and all of the the leadership um, within the public schools in Newark and every public school system throughout this state, especially in our urban communities, which is why Urban Matters, which is why as a series we're committed to, which is why uh, Stand and Deliver, empowering equity and social justice is a big part of what we're doing. We, we thank you for what you're doing every day, unsung heroes and great leaders. Thanks, Carissa. Thank you. You got it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Fedway Associates, Inc., Veolia, Resourcing the World, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba, if you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine. 
CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Lessons in Leadership is pleased to welcome Elizabeth V. Halpin, Acting Director of the Vicino Leadership Institute, also Associate Dean, School of Diplomacy and International Relations at the Seton Hall University. Go Pirates. There it is. Uh, Elizabeth, let me ask you, how long have you been associated, connecting with Seton Hall University? This fall, it'll be 20 years. Wow. And, and for those who don't know the Bucino Leadership Institute, we'll put up the website for Seton Hall and also the way to get to Bucino Leadership Institute that Mary and I know very well. Describe what it is and why it's so innovative in the world of higher ed and leadership development. The Bucino Leadership Institute is a comprehensive leadership development program for undergraduate students. It's extracurricular and experiential learning based. And the reason that I think it's very unique from other programs is that in addition to giving you sort of leadership 101 lessons, which are interdisciplinary and you'll get to learn from students from other uh, majors with different leadership challenges, Right. You, you have discipline specific leadership learning. Uh, so you're going to learn from experts in your own field about their leadership tips and tricks. Um, you'll get professional coaching from, you know, the same coaches who are who are coaching executives That's in right. Fortune 500 companies. And you'll get the opportunity to not only take, you know, understand the learning, but to then take that and practice it. So we do interdisciplinary team projects so that students can experiment with all of the learning that they've gained from the program and um, develop their own leadership style. And I know that program, as Mary knows, we've been partners for a long time. We know the, the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall really well. I'm going to be, um, once again, I'm honored. Let me disclose that this spring, this will be seen in the next month or so, but this spring, spring of 2023, I'll be joining university again, doing a master class on leadership and communication, particularly in stressful times, which it seems like always. And the students there have been consistently solid, engaged, hardworking, and really strong leaders of the future. Mary, jump in, please. Yeah. And speaking of leaders of the future, I would love to transition to women of the future and our women leaders in particular. So at Seton Hall University, I know that you are involved in the Women of Diplomacy program at Seton Hall University. I would love for you to talk a little bit about that, especially as it relates to any young women watching today who say, wait a second, am I really a leader? How can I be a leader? What advice do you have for them? Thanks. So um, I would say First, that um, I've been involved with supporting women leaders um, for many years, and our um, Bucino Leadership Institute now is two thirds uh, women. So, um, so yeah, wow. so we're really excited about about that. Well, That's so amazing. How does that happen? How does it happen that two thirds of the entire leadership Bucino Leadership Institute happens to be women leaders? How does that happen? Well, the students are competitively selected. So what we're there seeing is. is that <laughs> our power is what competitive we're students at Seton Hall right now are, are uh, primarily women, which is really awesome. When I started at the School of Diplomacy um, back in 2003, we had very few women in the program. And so we started our leadership program to help develop women's confidence and, and you know, show them that they could be leaders in the field of international affairs. And so the programs that we do 
are all about, you know, supporting women and, and having women lift each other up and um, amplify each other's voices so that we can all rise together. So I would say my, my strong advice to women is um, to, you know, to build your voice, to find your confidence and to have other women supporting you that can help you build that confidence in yourself and, and that you can help build the confidence in them. Well said. And speaking of um, all different aspects of leadership, including uh, promoting uh, women in leadership, developing women in leadership, the need to mentor women into leadership positions. But there's another piece to the leadership equation that we've talked to uh, leaders at Seton Hall. Seton Hall is one of our longtime higher ed partners. Um, Joe Nyer, Dr. Joe Nyer, the president of Seton Hall University, go back and look at, you know, our website will be up, previous interviews we've done, both on lessons in leadership, as well as on our public broadcasting side. Uh, you can see those interviews as well. And we've talked about innovation, adapting, pivoting. This will be seen almost three years into the pandemic. Um, we're taping at the end of 2022. Question, um, Elizabeth, how important is not just innovating or innovation, but adapting, pivoting, constantly not expecting the world to stay the same and leadership? so important and we focus on that in our in our programming our students now i mean our seniors were freshmen when this pandemic started right so they're they've they've only experienced college in a in a post pandemic world right um, and our, our freshmen this year were, were high school. They, they missed pivotal points of their high school experience through the pandemic where they were you know, uh, transitioning to online learning. And so what we, what we try to teach our students is how important it is to be adaptable, to be able to work in a, in a workforce that's constantly moving and changing, to, and not only to, to be adaptable, but also to, to be on the cutting edge of those changes, right? To say, um, you know, here are some new things that we could do to be more effective in a workplace that we can anticipate, you know, a work, a workplace that's going to be changing in the future. Here are some things that make us more, um, you know, more flexible and more, um, more attractive in the workplace. So um, there we're, we're talking about interruption. So, so Mary, uh, before we let Elizabeth go, every crisis, COVID, all kinds of other difficult, challenging crises and, and obstacles. I hate to use the silver, it's not a silver lining, but rather, is it not, Mary, the need for Dr. Nyer and other leaders at Seton Hall, um, or we were talking about the basketball team before, this will be seen later, but Shaheen Holloway, the new coach, um, who is not new to Seton Hall at all, um, because he was a great player and a great assistant coach for many, many years before he went to another university and came back. He has to adapt, he has to pivot, he has to see every challenge, every difficulty as an opportunity. Is it not, Mary, an opportunity? Yeah, it is, and literally no matter what happens to us, it's all about our attitude and how we react to it, right, Elizabeth? It's it's taking that in short. Do we wanna turn something really bad into an opportunity? But what's the alternative, burying your head in the sand? So that is definitely something that we all strive as leaders to do every day. Yeah, sorry for getting my, my soapbox, Elizabeth. I will, I will do that at Seton Hall University in person with this master class at the Bucino Leadership Institute. But I'll be, more importantly, I'll be coaching and mentoring young leaders in the art of uh, communicating effectively in difficult times. We actually create these mock scenarios where they're leaders of an organization and they have to 
present in public. And boy, have we seen real life leaders as adults not do very well in those circumstances. So Elizabeth, I'm gonna thank you so much. And to our friends and the family at Seton Hall University at the Bicino Leadership Institute, and also at the School of Diplomacy and International Relations. We wish you all the best. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, thanks for having me on. You got it, Mary and I will be right back after this. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. Steve Adubato, the Mary Gamba. You know why I say the Mary Gamba? I actually don't know why. You know what? Uh, Elvin and Frank know this. Scarlett may know it as well, that uh, this started when people would, they would introduce athletes or athletes would introduce themselves. We're actually going to be on another show talking about our sports and leadership miniseries, which is going to be important. Elvin, do you know this? Frank, do you know this? Scarlett, know this? When people would introduce themselves, uh, they'd come on the field, They're mostly around football. It was the what, Frank? What, Elvin? What school? Ohio State. The Ohio State University. That's the first time I heard it. Someone would say, I'm from Rutgers. I'm from the Ohio State University. So it hit me and I said, there's only one. There's only <laughs> one Mary Gamble. See, she were thinking, where I is love it. with this? There's no, only no, and I love it. Well, and because there is an Ohio University, which is funny. And I think that's why it's the Ohio State University versus just Ohio University. So it's the, and it's the same with Michigan. I mean, my son's at Michigan State University. Locals just call it state. And then there's University of Michigan, and that's just Michigan. That's so, interesting because our son, Chris, um, who's at another university, is called the very expensive university. Yeah. Aren't they all? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll leave that alone. So, <laughs> so, Mary, but there's only one. I'm sure there's another Mary Gamba somewhere. There's only no. one Mary Gamba unless. And there's only one, the Steve Adubato. Yeah, I already knew that. So, uh, Mary, hold on. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm... Mary, real quick, can we let everyone know who the sponsors of Lessons in Leadership are? I would love to let everybody know who the sponsors are. So, we have Veolia, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, New Jersey Sharing Network, Seton Hall University, and the Bacino Leadership Institute. It was so great having Elizabeth on just now. Uh, we have the North Ward Center, Fedway Associates, Inc., who is our newest sponsor. Thank you so much to Rob Sansone and John Devon and Max uh, there, Delta Dental of New Jersey, and I don't think, oh, International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825. Do not forget the Greg Lalavi. One other plug I'd like to make, just because we haven't had the opportunity to do so today, stand-deliver.com. So if you are looking to find other past episodes of Lessons in Leadership, information on Steve's books, all of them, and also we have a lot of free resources up there. We have columns on how to run more effective meetings and how to uh, give feedback to your team, how to coach and mentor your team. So there's a ton of free stuff up there. So check it out, stand-deliver.com. Tell you it's not free. The lessons, like <laughs> So hold on, um, I will not beat this to death, but the Frank Brown and the Elvin Badger, could you come on? I'll tell you why. Just They don't even know when we bring them on, why we bring them on, but I always have reasons in my head, which sometimes because do not work. we love having them on, that's why. No, that's true, but also there's a content reason why as well. Um, Elvin Badger, our, uh, who is our director. Elvin, what's that behind you? That's a cool, what is that behind you? 
Oh, the monitor. That is pretty, that is really great. Thank you, um, Frank. Frank Frank Brown, who's our audio engineer, and so much more than that. Both strong leaders. You've seen them on lessons in leadership before. The reason I I'm comfortable bringing them on cameras because they're so darn good and they're always ready. Um, Frank, I'm going to ask you out of the box because you've been in a lot. This is, trust me, there's a, a, a rationale for this. You've been in a lot of studios, a lot of circumstances, a lot of situations. And let's use a studio on a taping, a broadcast taping as a metaphor for any organizational situation, any event, any whatever that, where you need leadership and the whole bit. Frank, why do you believe that the lessons in leadership taping is as comfortable and loose as it is, and we have the fun we have. And sometimes on our other broadcast, it can be tighter, it can be more stressful. And does it all have to do with my attitude? I think, no, it all doesn't have to do with your attitude. I think what, what brings on- By the way, look at Mary's face right now. She's, <laughs> she's like, did he really go there? Go ahead, Frank, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm, no. Being honest, I, I'm not done, oh, hold on now. I don't, <clears throat> I think what happens is this taping for Lessons in Leadership has less staff. So there's less opinions, there's less, uh, I'll just call them mistakes for lack of a, uh, a better adjective at this point, um, and because there's less to go wrong. Mary's very thorough. Not that our other producers and other people are, are We thorough. have a great team. But that, that day is not, more It's not that they're not as thorough, but things happen. We have less uh, possibilities of things to go wrong with internet because, you know, this producer may, internet may have had a problem. It, it, it's a lot of different factors than in the studio, okay? Um, so these days are just a little bit more laid back and the pressures are different. And I think sometimes just you are dealing with one subject pretty much, which is leadership versus 20 different subjects that you have to be uh, really ready to discuss with so Plus many. Plus they're talking yes. to my ear and Scarlin's our, our, our camera operator. He's, he makes sure that the, the earpiece is working and the chat's working. So a lot right. of other elements, but what I'm trying to get to, and Frank's all over it because he's, he's been in all kinds of situations. And Elvin, you have as well, just not as long because Frank's a bit more experienced, let's say. Um, ultimately, it's about creating an environment that's conducive, I don't want to say to having fun, yes, to having fun, but dealing with things as they go wrong. We've talked about this before, but but help me on this, Elvin. Where am I going? Where are you going? <laughs> Is, am I, Mary, I have a doctor in communication. Is it clear? You do. No. And Elvin, I think what Steve's getting at, and I do want to chime in here. Steve and I talked offline, and I, I think We're it's talking about this number a lot. one. Yeah, and, and Frank hit it on the head. There's a lot less that can go wrong because we don't have the IFB, which is the earpiece. Uh, and the topic is something we could invite, you know, the the garbage man, the nice garbage man outside on. And we wouldn't even have to do a pre-interview. We could just talk leadership communication. And I do think a lot of it has to do with attitude, though. The second something goes wrong, we nip it in the bud. We say, let's figure it out. Let's move on. Um, and I think that's also really great. And I said to Steve offline, and I'll say it right here as well, the chemistry between all of us, the fact that we're so fortunate. And Scarlin over and here. It, and Scarlin, I mean, I, I I think Scarlin was probably, you know, embarrassed last night because it was such a love fest. I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're the best. You're my hero. <laughs> well, and because the same... he wasn't feeling well and he just stepped up in spite of he that did. and made sure he, he didn't did. have COVID. 
and still came in and putting in. I know, and to Frank and to to Sylvester and to Elvin and to Amy and April and everyone. April and and it just means so much, right? And in that, to me, it just that that has my heart on these tape days as well. So Elvin, that's what Steve was getting at. But you could chime in. I know we only have a couple seconds left. Elvin, you got anything to offer? You got thirty seconds left. I'm sorry, Steve. I'm trying to do a lot over here while while trying to be on air as well. (laughs) You really caught me off guard this time. But you know what's so interesting? I appreciate Elvin saying that. But one of the things that always, it's interesting how it makes, it's psychological, I'm sure it is. Because Frank and Elvin are so good, not in what just what they do during the day, but you they're always contributing to the show. I feel like this is a, a um, what's the word? For, Saturday Night Live has an ensemble. This is an ensemble. It is. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, you know, all I know is Elvin just keeps putting up goodbye. Say goodbye. In the chat. All right. On behalf of the Stand and Deliver Lessons in Leadership Ensemble team, with that last segment going absolutely nowhere, I want to say thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. (laughs) This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Fedway Associates, Inc., Veolia, resourcing the world, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Valley's all about making life easier for clients. And that's why we're all about smiles, too. So every day, we make it possible for home buyers to become homeowners. For folks chasing their dreams to become entrepreneurs. For parents to plan today for their children's tomorrow. And for communities to get better every day. You see, when we know we've put a smile on a customer's face, well, that puts one on ours, too. 